the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black and your money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning and welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Happy Monday to you, so to speak. Not quite sure that's what people want to start today hearing. Happy Monday to you. Um, It's summertime, and quite honestly, it's a time where Congress goes on vacation. So not a lot will get done on the political side of the fence for the economy. It's not earnings season. We just kind of ended earnings season. So where are we? That's a pretty good question. We're kind of in that zone of in-betweens. We just finished golf season. Jason Duffner claims the PGA Championship. There's no big earnings out there. So there's a confluence of economic data. There's some headlines like Apple's going to announce its next iPhone on September 10th. Whee! Uh, it's not so good, is it? So Apple's going to hold an event to announce its next iPhone. September 10th. We know that they announced their software about 100 days before that. That's typically how they play their game. Shall we play a game? Apple's going to hold this big event, um, but what's it going to be? Is it going to be a phone that like shoots lasers and kills dolphins? Unless it is, we're just not that interested. We're not that excited. Next iPhone, will it have a fingerprint sensor? I don't think we're all excited about that either. <clears throat> uh, so don't expect something massively redesigned. Don't expect a phone that does bread slicing. Expect something that looks similar to the one that's out there, but faster and a better camera. I know, right? Boring. That's where we're at, and that's why one. That's why the stock is languishing, so to speak. So consolidation continues. And that's actually a story on Wall Street where just because we don't go up doesn't mean we massively go down, right? So the Treasury's going to release details of its budget deficit for July 2. 
uh, day. So that's the whole month of July, not just July 2. It's just my slip of the tongue. It's in 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. West Coast Time. Yeah, I don't think that's going to get people excited. Greece posted a second quarter GDP contraction of 4.6% year-over-year, better than 5% expected. Mm, not going to get excited by that. Um, elsewhere out there, there was news that Blackberry is up for sale. Woo! So is that internet roadkill? Kind of. Elon Musk is going to unveil plans for high-speed transportation that's twice as fast as an airplane and cheaper than a bullet train. Twice as fast as an airplane, cheaper than a bullet train. Completely self-powered. It's a mysterious transportation system. The crazy guy, Elon Musk, crazy good, crazy wonderful, crazy positive. He's dropped hints about his hyperloop for more than a year. Basically, it sounds like... You know those this, this systems where you can like put mail in like a piece of plastic, like a little plastic bullet and... Whoosh, it goes somewhere. He said that it would move people from L.A. to San Francisco in half an hour. Now, his hyperbole, his hyper-craziness, his hyper-wonderfulness can't be taken seriously, but same thing could be said before his electric car, right? And that turned out okay. He sold his first computer program, a $500 space game called Blastar at age 12. He's earned his reputation as an inventor and entrepreneur. He's gone into space with SpaceX's company, luxury car maker Tesla. So he's going to reveal plans for the Hyperloop today. He said he's too focused on other projects to actually consider building it. So, like, brrr. It does involve a tube, but not a vacuum tube. We'll see. Is it the pneumatic tubes used in banks, stores, and industry move money in small amounts over long distance to other floors? It's anyone's guess at this point in time. We'll see. But hey, maybe by the end of the day we'll have a new transportation system. So Jason Duffner, not the best looking guy, but his wife, smoking. Once again, proving that you've got a crazy good skill like hitting a little white ball 300 yards. You'll survive well and you'll prosper in the world. So there's a new super cheap airline that's getting ready for takeoff. Ladies and gentlemen, be prepared for baggage fees. Be prepared for fees. Be prepared for more fees. But get this, they have 8% profit margins, 8.5%, which is kind of like the best of the whole industry. So there's a company called Indigo that's going to transform Frontier from a typical low-cost carrier to an ultra-cheap airline. So Spirit, who charges for basically anything, anything, like if you spit, they're going to charge you. If you pee, they charge you. If you're going to check a bag, they're going to charge you. But it's able to give, you know, a lot of part-time jobs out there. Um, The tourist industry's done very, very, very well. And um, I guess some people do want the ultra-cheap airfare, and I can't blame them. So, United Airlines announced plans in June to buy 15 million gallons of lower carbon renewable jet fuel over a three-year period. Alaska Airlines is testing solar-powered passenger rams. They're all kind of trying to figure this out on some level. 
of what can we do to save a little bit more money or to make a little bit more money. Um, brutal poll. Brutal poll. Uh, Democrats have basically crushed Anthony Weiner. 59% of all voters statewide have an unfavorable view of Elliot Spitzer, who's running for comptroller. Anthony Weiner, Elliot Spitzer, just not terribly well-liked. Only 11% of voters have a favorable view of Anthony Weiner. Scandal plagued resignations, resigning, embarrassing. Um, she was a bad light on the city. I don't know. It's not a good time of the year to be a politician who's got scandal for sure. Right? To get your calls in the air today, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. All good in China today. Mostly red in in Europe today. Again, Greece reporting a 4.6% decline in second quarter GDP. Um, Retail sales are going to be important this week, but not today. Business inventory is going to be important. Producer prices, consumer prices, initial claims, industrial production, housing starts. But today it's the Treasury budget statement. I don't think people can rally a market on that. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. In Venezuela, a country crushed by improper management, President Hugo Chavez, he nationalized industries never should have done. There's a new crime out there. It's odd. Now, South America is no stranger to crime and no stranger to smuggling. But hair theft is on the rise, i.e. holding a woman at gunpoint for her long hair so that ultimately it could be sold into a weave. I know. You're saying, no way. Hair extensions are so popular that people are now stealing hair in bad economies. I just want to get you to retirement. Like, that's my goal. Maybe I, maybe it just doesn't happen. 
maybe it just doesn't happen. SP 500 is down three. The Dow's down 29. The Nasdaq up three. Welcome in. Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's done two, maybe three of my loans in real estate, so I bring him in on occasion to kind of highlight what you should be thinking about when buying a home or refinancing a home or maybe even sometimes selling a home. You can listen to his show here on KDOW 1220 Tuesdays. That's Tuesdays at 6 p.m. drive time. Mr. Mendez, buying a home is intimidating. Yes, it is. I remember in my 20s when I bought my first car, I had buyer's remorse. I had panic. Um, you know, going through a divorce, you have remorse, you have panic, you have fear. But a home, it's it's pretty big. The first home that you put an offer on, and it's not quite the home you want. There's a cracked foundation. You're like, what is, should I be doing yeah. this? Should I not be doing it? Like, you do go through a lot of questions. Yeah, I did, the first cliche I heard in the business, and it still rings true today is it's the biggest decision you're going to make in your life the biggest investment you're going to make in your life and it and today it's becoming more harder to get uh more difficult to get the financing uh, finding the right price finding the right home is difficult today because we have competition we have competition we have inventory problems um and you're putting cash over top of appraised value so it's it's a lot more difficult and certainly more intimidating in a seller's market like it is today and you and i kind of grew up kind of ignorant we were kind of like, yeah, Dad said put down 28 to 40% of your income. And you and I have grown up in an area, uh, era where people are like, buy the worst house on the best street. Buy close to great schools. Buy close to great jobs. Don't buy too far out. You want someone's wife to want your home. You want some curbside appeal. I mean, it sounds like pretty generic advice, but a lot of people got burned with bad advice like buy you know take equity out of your home and buy elsewhere or or um, buy in Dallas or, yeah just wrong advice you know yeah. the best advice you can give yourself for real estate is to first decide to make a de- decide to buy real estate that's the hardest decision know that you're, you're going to know that you're going to be tied to it yeah. and you said it's an investment i say it's a liability you say it's the biggest investment you ever make i think it's the biggest liability you're committing to paying 30 years every single month even if you lose your job, even if you divorce, you're making a commitment that's big. Now, later in life, as you pay yourself rent, i.e., the part of the mortgage that's not interest but the equity, um, it is. It adds up to a great yep. thing over time. It doesn't keep up terribly well versus inflation. Some markets better than others. Yeah, and and you brought up a good point. The, a lot of things that are the benefits, the right benefits of owning a home aren't sold. sold. It's the wrong benefits that are oversold. And it gets people hyped up about real estate. It really is a hype game, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. It's a speculation game. Right now, speculation is, is dying off as prices are going up and rates are going up. It's, it's a lot more rate sensitive than it used to be I'm, um, because we have such high prices. And this is what I fear in this type of market right now is that we are so rate sensitive and we're so sensitive to alternative types of financing like arms. And there's no neg ams anymore. There is still interest only. So people are sensitive to those, but they also are sensitive to the payment and the fact that the prices have gone up and are going to go back up to where they've been. It, if, it's a tricky market. To if you're living you in an expensive be. area, you're looking for expensive jobs to be created. If you're living in Stockton, you're looking for a doubling of minimum wage. Like There's little keys and hints that you could think about. Um, I can tell you that my industry, financial world, has some slimy people. There's a big mutual fund guy down in San Jose that I got to see some of the salespeople, and they're just 25-year-old, just, I don't know, just, hey, hey there, Gus, give me a power handshake, and let's go sell some of this product and make big money and have scotches tonight. Like, they're just, 
I don't know what the word bimbo himbo like that's not the right word. But uh, your industry has that too, though. You just call them a tool. Tool, perfect. Your industry's got these tools that are like you know all I got to do is do one more so I can fly to Hawaii and smoke weed and come back and do one mortgage and you know hey I used to be a mechanic but now I'm going to be a mortgage person. I know a woman who's a housewife. And she's getting her real estate license simply because it's a little extra money. And she's competing against people who have been in this industry 40, 50 years, super experienced. She's got none. She's going to fail, in my opinion. With that said, maybe she sells one else. Yep. Um, she's got a heart of gold, and she networks really well with mothers. So maybe she does well. But, you know, that, but there's some barriers to entry. I'd get into the real estate business, that side of the real estate business, if I had a larger network. Uh, and I've been in my city for a long time. I'm a mom, and and I know a lot of people, and I know how to network. You know, that's a great way to start. There's a lot be of people who still want to yeah. get into real estate because there is a lot of money to be made in this in this industry. Um, the mortgage industry is more of the sales part. Real estate's all about this. The selling side is all about how who you know. One of the first questions I would ask a potential realtor: Tell me the three best streets. Tell me the school scores, and you know, don't show me a big kitchen. I don't care. Show me. The best streets that everyone wants, that has no inventory, that's where I want to be. That has been Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez has been sitting in with me. He works with BayAreaLoanSource.com. He is a lender, BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find the show anytime you want at... KDOW.biz, KDOW.biz, we have a podcast there. On top of that, you can find us online under robblack.com, robblack.com, podcast linked into that, Apple iTunes, Rob Black and Your Money, Google's got it, everyone's got it. There's an app out there that has my name on it, it's like a buck ninety-nine. I'm not saying it's the best thing, but hey, if you want to listen to the show, it's there. Um, as an app, which I do believe the future of content is app-driven and less spectrum-driven. I know you're saying, let's talk about that. Let's think about that for a couple moments and um, come back to it, you know. Blackberry is weighing, putting itself up for sale as a strategic alternative, i.e. their last phone flopped. This is Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street Business Network. And your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Elysium spoke Jennifer Aniston's pot comedy. So Matt Damon sci fi pulls in 30 million where the Millers. 
winds up slightly less planes, slightly lesser. $22.5 million. Percy Jackson does $14 million. I know you're going, hmm. Right? Neil Blomkamp, who did just a fantastic job with uh, District 9, gets more money to play with and the you know, deeper Hollywood penetration of actors. And, uh, did pretty well. Not blockbuster. Sony does Elysium. Um, I think the interesting thing inside this story is that Planes did what? Not that much. It's Disney film, $22.5 million. It's a financial score for Disney. Because they're going to make more money from the planes, so the toys, the theme parks. It's like they don't even have to try anymore, if you know what I'm saying. NBC's buying web service company that basically aggregates content from Twitter and Facebook. If there's a plane crash in San Francisco and people capture it, from inside the plane, or crews outside the plane, or hotels with an eye shot. You can get 30 people all feeding video, holding up their smartphones, and this company that NBC just acquired called Stringwire is a new way of, of broadcasting news. It's got a lot of talent at the company, it's not a television network. It's not super high quality. But what you're finding here is that there's less news and news. There's more news in Twitter these days. So, you know, photos and passengers and YouTube. Until you get a local helicopter on scene, what do you got? In breaking news, not very much. I like that story. Because I work in news, and I could tell you, in television news, there's not a lot of news. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Some other stories of note today in my world. Um, super cheap airline, get ready for takeoff. Elon Musk going to unveil plans for high-speed transportation that's twice as fast as an airplane. I know you're going, really? But he says he's too busy to work on it. But there's plans out there. Um, retailers keeping tabs on consumer returns. So let's say you go out and buy this hot, sexy outfit for Valentine's Day or your anniversary or your birthday. And then you decide, you know, well, I'll just keep the tags on it and maybe return it tomorrow. They're keeping tags on you. And I'm totally okay with that. I kind of see that's where we are as a society. We are in the information age. The idea that some people aren't comfortable with it is just as real, though. Companies say it's all in the name of security. It's all in the name of fighting fraud. They want to make sure that you don't become a serial returner or not a member of a gang or a thief who's trying to, you know make 80 bucks and returning a blouse or something, right? That was stolen. 
it's not very transparent, but when you return something, they create a huge profile of you. I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that you give as little information as possible. It's up to you. But I could tell you for certain, anytime anyone in the world of retail asks me for my phone number, I give my, my Cron 4 number because I don't want to be contacted. And I don't want to profile. But whoops, I just profiled myself because I gave my work phone number, right? Each year, consumers return roughly $264 million. No, no, $264 billion of merchandise. That's about 9% of total sales. So you can see how that could totally mess up a retailer, especially if it's fraudulent or tied towards some sort of theft. You know, you hear about... Uh, like a shipper, tanker, stolen one. Like, that's business, right? Dickage calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. And I do mean anything. Um, one thing I, I'm a big fan of is Congress and investing, and how they tie together. Congress is on break now. So we're not going to get anything from them. This is that time of year where I'm not going to say that there's just a lack of information. So it's frustrating. I got an email from someone this week that I almost felt was racist. I mentioned on the air last week that President Barack Obama got taken to task because he was at a, a Zillow town hall meeting. And Zillow obviously tied towards real estate prices. And someone stood up and said, you know, um, what are you going to do for us, the 20-somethings? Okay, so you've lowered the cost of money. You've done a lot of things that are no doubt helping people in getting mortgages and low-cost money and companies borrowing money cheap and but the person said, what are you going to do for us? I'm 20-something. I'm living at home. I can't afford a mortgage because I'm paying down my student debt, which is huge. And by the time I can't afford, Rob's house is so expensive that I can't afford that. So whose house am I going to be able to afford? And housing has become ultra-expensive. And there's no doubt that we've priced out 20-somethings. But I did get an email from someone, and that was my whole point, is that the 20-somethings did get priced out, and it's a bit of a problem because I do need that 20-something to buy my house. So Paul sends me an email, and he goes, uh, I commend you for what you said about President Obama's statement about housing prices. Our prices are good for the housing haves, but what about the house having has-nots? They are the ones who need some help, not those who are already established. Okay, so he's saying what I kind of said. An accelerating immigration, legal and illegal, only puts upward price pressure on prices. What level of tolerance do the nations who export their surplus citizens have for illegal immigration to their countries? You know, and so does everyone else, zero. I don't actually agree with that, Paul. I think that America is the land of opportunity, and I think that we can absorb a lot of the world's, um, as you would put, excess or surplus citizens. I think if you legalize immigration or if you make a faster path towards legalization, you could create some income taxes and some property taxes. And our government loves taxes. They've never had a problem spending money. 
Um, I do find that our nation, because we do have illegal immigration, has a burden. Um, an additional burden in our health care system, an additional burden in our social security system, an additional burden in you know, our education system. So why not figure out a positive solution? I think any other angle is almost nationalist, racist. Um, you've benefited from this country. Let others benefit as well. So and trust me, I think we could use some brain power in this country, all things considered. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. And I'm neither Republican nor Democrat, so don't start, you know, pointing those fingers at me because it won't stick. Um, other stories of note. Jason Duffner, he won his first championship, PGA championship. What's interesting about that is he's had a career of just absolutely stinking it up at the putter. So he got it together, age 36. You work from age 20 to age 60. Golfers probably work from age 20 to like 45, and then they got some retirement, 45 to 60 tournaments. But then really what he just did was he has now put himself in the position to be a professional at a golf club for 30 years. Uh, he could teach. He could do a lot of things. I don't know. Just throwing it out there for you. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about today. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting to note that Virgin Atlantic... You know the company, Richard Branson, right? They've actually gone on their way to hire comedians for flights. That's fun, right? On flights that usually have a two-drink minimum, a full stand-up set, and a small flying tube. I kind of... You don't want to bomb on that flight, literally. Dun-dun-dun. You're Rob Black. Your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Joy of supply and demand, hair extensions are in hot demand. Thus, thieves are stealing people's hairs. At gunpoint. A couple years ago, the price of copper was soaring. Literally, I had an air conditioning unit in one of my properties vandalized. It's all about supply and demand. Jennifer Aniston. She got, how shall we say, undressed, minimalized to her body, and her movie did not do terribly great. You know, number two is not bad, but Elysium. America loves Matt Damon. Rightfully or wrongfully, we love Matt Damon. 
Every passenger to survive the Asiana airline crash in San Francisco is going to get $10,000. I know you're saying, aren't the odds of winning the lotto, like having a plane crash, being a passenger on a plane crash? Yeah. And all they're getting is $10,000? That's going to change. I assure you that. But it also sets a precedent that the company's trying to do the right thing. They're taking a step in the right direction. 288 passengers, 16 crew members, all get 10,000 buckaroos. So they should get a shirt that says, I survived this plane crash and all I got was this lousy t-shirt and 10K, right? No, I don't know. It's The angle on the airlines is, in my opinion, when there's a crash and, you know, Clearly, someone's going to be at fault, or something is going to be at fault, or some company is going to be at fault. You potentially lose a person that you love, but they lose that ability to earn income for their loved ones and their family. If they're, you know, of working age, if they're not, they still lose the ability to earn income in their lifetime. It's really, really odd. I've got two brothers who are injury attorneys. Neither actually are now, but part of your career as a lawyer, sometimes you shift around. Also known as ambulance chasers. And at Christmas, my family can get kind of, how shall we say, dramatic and fun. I remember that David once said, if you ever run someone over, make sure you put it in reverse and kill them, because a dead body is worth a lot less than a disabled body. And he was kidding. But, and this is the part that you go, but maybe he wasn't kidding. Are you with me on this? Do you do you see where he may have been going? Um, in the eyes of the law, it's a mathematical formula of what a body is worth or not worth. And that's tragic, and I think we all can kind of agree on that. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. 1220, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's that time of year that I consider part of the transition. And it's probably the biggest lack of information transition because Congress goes on break for five weeks right around now. They come back and they try to get reelected. So they take a little bit of a break, go back to their home markets, seen by the populace. Five weeks. So we don't have to hear about any bills being signed or not being signed. We don't have to hear about debates on the budget, debates on the economy, debates on immigration, debates on... It's all gone. We're waiting for earnings season. We're waiting for earnings season to really kick off in earnest again in October. Take a look at the calendar. We've got a ways to go, right? So now it's all about economic data, of which there's plenty this week, but not today. Retail sales, business inventories, producer price, consumer prices, initial claims, industrial production, housing starts, all out there. But we're kind of waiting for that. And that feels slightly like we're waiting. So stocks are falling today. There's nothing really wrong with the market. There's nothing really right with the market. It's just a dull time of the year. Um, you know, SP 500 got to 1700, and it it didn't hold it. 
that's good and bad because at some point in time, you do hold it. You put the work in, you get enough sellers out, you get enough buyers in, you kind of put in a floor at 1690, 1695, 1698, 1700, it's a big number. I don't know why, but it is. So, SP500's at 1690 today, down 1 fractions. Dow's up 7, 15,432, and the Nasdaq's up 10, 3670. 10 year Treasury sits at 2.57. So, mortgage rate spiked up two months ago, and they've kind of gone sideways since then. Gold up 27, sitting at 1339. Oil, fraction lower, but not enough to really make into a story. JCPenney's board fiddles with Ackman. The company's basically burning away fast. And what do you do? You've got an activist shareholder, Bill Ackman, who's trying his best to, you know, do everything he can to get the company to turn around. And JCPenney's just can't turn around. It's literally, in my opinion, typically like, and now you're saying, don't go there. This is too big. It feels like the Titanic. JCPenney's should have changed the name to Jacques Pony, the famous French retailer, but they didn't. And now they're stuck in the situation that their financial projections have deteriorated. The turnaround with Ron Johnson was a disaster. The company's going to lose lots of money. What do you do? Do you ask the activist investor to go away? Stop caring? Stop being activating? Stop pissing people off? It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Are you really going to drive store to store for back to school? OfficeMax has your list covered K to college with over 2,800 supplies in store. Save big on dozens of max value basics under a dollar and find weekly penny deals on even more. OfficeMax, the hot deals start here. Offer ends August 24th. Restrictions apply. Geico presents a thank you letter from your motorcycle. Hey there, buddy. I just wanted to say thanks. Ever since you saved money on your motorcycle insurance with Geico, we've been riding a lot more, which means I've been able to really exercise these pipes of mine. Just listen to them. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Geico could help you save on your motorcycle insurance, and that should make you and your bike very happy. Palo Alto, the Bay Area's business leader. A division of Salem Communications on the NASDAQ at SALM. Good morning. I'm Chuck Kamlick, CNBC Radio. The Dow is down 25. The NASDAQ is up 5. What a day for deals, though. Duncan Hines, owner Pinnacle Foods, buying Wishbone from Unilever for $580 million. Dole's chairman and CEO David Murdoch buying his own company for more than a billion dollars. Rockwell Collins is buying fellow aircraft systems maker Air Inc. for $1.4 billion. K2 
Campbell's Soup in final talks to sell some of its European businesses to a private firm, CVC Capital. And Steinway, piano maker, says it's received a buyout offer that tops the $480 billion, $460 billion offer from Kohlberg. Shares of BlackBerry, 5% higher. This is a surprise this morning. BlackBerry forming a committee to explore a possible sale of the company. It's been hammered by Apple and Samsung and their iPhone and Android successes. And Apple is up 2% on word that its new iPhone might be coming out, at least to be revealed, September 10th. I'm Chuck Kamlick, CNBC Radio. Spend money on can be found for half price at KDOW. Let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in. Hour two, Rob Black and your money, hopefully you're weaving away into work ever so slightly, ever so slowly. Traffic, traffic, traffic. Um, August is a month that I probably should take off. And for the record, I'm taking some time off in August. But not today. The U.S. is coming up on an unusual significant amount of information on economic, economic, econo-political earning season kind of events. It's kind of like a Sharknado, but without the sharks and without the tornado, it is what it is. It's September coming up. In September, we get a fight over the government's budget. It's like a great white shark. It's a great white shark. Something fascinating about sharks eating people. It never happens yet. We fear that it happens. In September, we get a fight over the debt ceiling. It's like a hammerhead shark in a tornado landing on top of your head and crushing you. We get the beginning of the Fed tapering in September. What's interesting about sharks, Jaws was a movie that no one saw the shark because it was a mechanical shark that was stupid looking, so Spielberg wisely said, let's hide the shark. Let's fear what's under the water. So September, we get a fight over the government's budget. We get a fight over the debt ceiling. We get the Fed tapering, which is a reduction in large-scale asset purchases, known as quantitative easing. But we also get a new Fed chair nomination to replace Ben Bernanke next year. These are all very economically significant to varying degrees. And these are all very much so dramatic and exciting. The GOP is more fractured, as recent fights have shown. This time the Democrats may go to the mat as well, if they refuse to give an itch. We can get a situation that, again... You and me are held hostage by our government. So, should the market crack? Hell yeah, it should crack. We've had an amazing year. 
at one point, like, we're up January, February, March, April, May, June, July. It's too much too far, too fast, with too many expectations of too glorious of a future. Now, do I predict will correct? I don't know. But debt ceiling payoff, sequestration, it's dramatic out there right now. Democrats prefer to trade mandatory cuts and other piecemeal fiscal reforms for a sequester offset that can be implemented around the same time as the debt ceiling. Drama, drama, drama. So, I have a big question for you. We keep hearing about McDonald's serving breakfast all day long. We keep hearing about, like, Starbucks saying they're going to get into alcohol in late evening, early evening, so that they can make money when people don't want to drink caffeine. They can switch to alcohol. Why the hell... Why the hell doesn't McDonald's? Why the hell don't they sell uh, breakfast all day? Like... Okay, I don't get the munchies. I'm not a weed smoker. I don't, like, wake up at midnight and I need a whole pizza. I keep my business very tight, very polished. McDonald's hasn't done the whole breakfast menu for some reason. It's a shock to hear, but McDonald's doesn't do made-to-order breakfast due to the fact that it's tough to do made-to-order breakfast. Can you say egg McMuffin? McDonald's needs to start using its toaster and grills for burgers, chicken nuggets, and sandwich buns instead. So the reason that they don't serve breakfast all day is that they're doing other things with that product. So they only have so much toaster space and so much grill space. Unlike a lot of breakfast-quality quick-service restaurants... They still cook the product on a grill. Many of the pretenders are doing a ton of prep in microwaves. They don't. Whether it be Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, you know, that it's being brought in, they don't microwave anything. Now, they say that. I, I don't know if that's totally true or not. I just I don't work at a McDonald's, but that's why they don't do breakfast all day long. Odd, right? Because they don't have the space for it. This was an interesting story that squeezed out <laughs> squeezed out like a baby from the womb. Um, South Korea. Wages are rising. So GM says we're going to have to cut back our presence in South Korea. They've got a militant-style union, according to the stories that I'm reading. So U.S. automakers and local automakers have put into action... How do we get away from South Korea and manufacturing there? Now, you've heard me in the past say, I, if I were to invest in one country, one country only, it's South Korea. I believe they put a high price on education. I believe that they are very competitive and very capitalistic oriented. You can see the rise of the Kia. You can see the rise of Samsung as two shining examples. So GM says, we need to mitigate our risk in South Korea, not over the next two to three years, but over time. Not to become too dependent on one product source. GM made South Korea one of its main production hubs after its 2002 purchase of Daewoo Motors. The country accounts for slightly more than 20% of GM's annual global production. But ultimately what you have there is a country that's gone from poverty to a country that's gone towards more middle class. You know, is this a bluff by GM? Try to you know, stop pay hikes from the union? I don't know. 
I'm not that smart to tell you, honestly. I can tell you they're highly technical, highly skilled. The labor cost per vehicle is set to hit about $1,100 this year. That compares to about $677 for labor costs across all of its international operations. So it's twice as much, almost, to do business in South Korea as it is across their international operations. So GM's probably going to move from Korea to Spain or Russia. Um, Or where will they go? Will it be to Indonesia? It's a good question, and it brings up the question of unions, and it brings up the question of what you think won't always happen. Like, you may be an employee of Visa, and Visa may say, you know what, cost of doing business here is too much, we're going elsewhere. If you want to join us, we'll give you a chance to join us in Texas. I've seen companies do it, move from the Bay Area to Texas. You've seen companies do it. States and their taxes can be prohibitive. And their cost of living could be prohibitive. Thus, pushing companies away. Anyway, um, I don't have anything else to say. Show's over, ladies and gentlemen. Please go home. You can find me online at robblack.com, robblack.com. i got seminars coming up all the time. got one coming up in September, for instance. You can find out more information about that. That's going to be in Los Gatos. The cat. Meow. It's going to be a Thursday evening. You can find out more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be back. Here's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. 89. The Dow Industrials lost. So, so, we know we'll be if so, if so, we know. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Um, Twitter is coming public. They recently announced a hiring looking for an applicant to do S-filings. You don't do S-filings unless you're publicly traded. S-filings make me kind of randy. They get me excited. I know you're saying, don't go there. Don't go there. But as an investor, you have to know what a quarterly filing is. You have to know what a K annual filing is. you got to read your Ks and Qs. But you also got to know your S's. S's are material information that shows up in the quarter between the quarters. And it's material and it has to be filed with the government because it's a publicly traded company and you as the public have a right to the information when it's material. Otherwise, insiders would feast off of you and, you know, oh, we're going to have a bad quarter. Let's not tell anyone. Let's sell, though. You get the idea. I think, I hope, I wish, I pray... I know you're saying, I can't get the idea of you being randy about S-filings out of my head. I'm sorry. I apologize to my mother. I apologize to my friends, my family. I will never... Well, I'll do it again. SP 500 is down one. The Dow is down one. Wow. And the Nasdaq's up nine. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, 
BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's a mortgage lender. How are you, Tony? I'm well. Let's talk about 15-year, well, let's talk about mortgages, their product. There's a 30-year product where you get a, you know, borrow $500,000 for 30 years. You pay interest on it. Uh, there's a 15-year, there's a 10-year, there's a 5-year, there's a 3-year. And after 3 years, if you haven't paid off, it balloons. And suddenly you owe everything, so you have to refinance that, which is appropriate. Like, for instance, if I were in media and I'm moving a lot or, you know, you get the idea. Like, right. So one of, the, one of the product sets available to people are short-term arms, but they're fixed for a certain period of time. So if you, for example, are moving quite often, you can set the term of that fixed period for the time frame that you plan on staying in that, that property. Unless you plan on buying a property and keeping it for a long period of time, maybe turning it into a rental and then moving, buying another property, then moving, you'd get a 30-year fixed. But most people that do that kind of transient work, they're yeah. going to get like a five-year arm because the rate's almost three-quarters percent lower than the 30-year fixed. Why give away money when you can simply just get a shorter-term loan? When I got into this business 15-plus years ago, I quickly learned that a mortgage is a product, that it's great because it doesn't readjust for inflation. It's great because it's a way of borrowing a large amount of money for a low cost. It has a tax deduction likely to it. There's a lot of reasons to love it as a financial tool, but that's when mortgage rates were at 8 9% for a 30-year you know, the 15-year, it just didn't make sense. Now, 15 years on a lot of cases makes sense. If you could afford, if you've maxed out your retirement, you don't need to save any extra money for retirement, you, you're saving a lot for retirement, a 15-year versus a 30 does make sense for some yeah. people. As the rates are as low as they are right now, it gives many more people an opportunity to manage that mortgage debt. Uh, a quick example, if you had a 5% mortgage or a 5.5% mortgage back uh, in 2008, or for example, and you can turn that into a 15-year today, five years later, uh, your payments might even be the same, and you're going to knock off 10 years off your loan. And that's 10 years of interest that you don't have to pay. So going into a 15-year can make a lot of sense for many, many, many people. Um, the, the spread between the 30-year and the 15-year is something that a lot of people are paying attention to as well. It, it historically is around 0.4%. Now it's up to 0.75, almost 0.8, meaning that there's a large, large spread between those two rates and giving you that payment savings. And it's, but it, what it, there's a really simple formula that a lot of people can follow. You simply take your current loan yeah. payment, multiply by the remaining term, and that equals a dollar amount that you're going to pay to have that loan for that period of time. You take a new loan, like a 15-year, times, uh, so it's 180 months, times the new payment, and that equals a certain dollar amount. That's usually lower because you're paying for a shorter period of time, you're paying less interest at a lower interest rate. It, it, the payment might be a little bit higher, so if you can afford it, that can sometimes make a lot of sense. With that out there, it's good to run scenarios, and you kind of lost me a little bit there. I'm a little bit sloppy on my mortgage math, and I need help. I need scenarios run, and I've done a lot of loans with you. And one thing that I'll say is, show me a 30-year, show me a 15-year, show me uh, good credit, bad credit. Like, I want to see, because I'm a very visual, visual eater. I like to eat data. Uh, yeah, and, I got, I, and I got that when I first got in the industry in, in the mid-2000s. A lot of people just wanted payment, payment, payment. So it's become more uh, of a practice in our industry to, to explain these, these types of scenarios to people. As a matter of fact, we're required to list out different options for borrowers so that yeah. they can see 
what a 15-year does, what a 30-year does, what are the payment options, if you buy points, if you don't buy points. So these things are now a practice that we do. So I, I can understand that a lot of people still just want to say, what's my 30-year, what's my 15-year? I'll make the decision. There's a lot that, more that goes into it. Every 10 years in my personal property, I like to either take money out or sell the house and buy different properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the 30-year mortgage. I keep my payment low. I build equity slowly. Uh, for my rental properties, I like right now the 15-year mortgage because I'm able to pay them off faster. Depreciation is going to happen. That's fine. Um, but also, I like being cash flow positive. Yeah. And if I can be cash flow positive on a 15-year, done. If I can be cash flow positive by having it paid off, done. Again, with the rates as low as they are, you're able to do that on a consistent basis where you go five years, re-amortize for 30 years, pull some money out. Yep. It's something that a lot of people can do right now. That's why the industry is so... I, I think is one more of the catalyst of why prices are going up because so many people are doing what they call the step-ups. So when I take money out of my house every 5, 10, 15 years by either refinance or selling the house, I'm using the mortgage to sell the house. I'm just selling off 200000 of it every slowly in chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't grasp that concept. It is a very powerful tool, a mortgage, especially if you learn how to use it for your better and not necessarily for the bank's better. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. So every passenger who survived the Asiana Airlines crash is going to get $10,000. Is Priceline.com stock really worth $1,000? Well, probably not. It's just getting back to the speculative area that it was in 1999. They did a reverse stock split in the process since then. Um... If you did a six for one reverse split, like stock prices don't really matter. You need to learn that as an investor. Like, let's not get too caught up in stock prices because they just don't matter. You know, you can go to the poor people's summer camp. <clears throat> you can go to the rich people's summer camp. You can go somewhere in between, and it just doesn't matter. As a kid, you're gonna have a good time regardless. I believe. Sharknet is coming to the stock market in September. Four big events coming. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Big event coming up in Los Gatos, California. You can find out more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Coming up in September. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. My pride still feels the spinning. You were my everything. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Gillette recently was part of Warren Buffett's quarterly report, and this is a band to listen to that is referred to as a bunch of hipsters. You know hipsters when you see them. 
They typically have shaggy beards. They typically, uh, if they can't grow a beard, they got facial hair. I cannot make this up. Gillette said, we are suffering from the hipsters not shaving. It's actually in fuego, in style, to not shave. Now, I find that fascinating. In the day and age of waxing and laser treatment to get hair removed, it's now come full circle and beards are back. For a couple days there, the mustache was in style, but that was just a couple days. It'll come back with Ron Burgundy and command too, but hipsters aren't shaving as much, and it was actually noted it's hurting sales. You know, Warren Buffett is famous. He's not infamous. He's not a criminal. He's famous. More famous than famous. Infamous, right? No. And that's not what that means. Warren Buffett's famous for coming up with concepts of cash flow from companies. He likes to see companies regularly generate cash flow. And the old, you know, men's razor club is killing Gillette's business model. We don't need 29 razors. And again, I used to watch the Super Bowl just to see the razor commercials, right? The Mach 3. Faster than the speed of sound shaving on your face. Like, really? (laughs) Aren't they just whiskers? My dad, a very sweet memory of him. He loved my sister. And uh, he would whisker her, as we would refer to it. By the end of the day, he had a five o'clock shadow, and he'd rub his face and to her belly, especially his chin. And she drove her crazy as a baby. She's referred to in our family as the mistake, because there was five of us kind of evenly spaced apart, and then there was her eight years later. So we let her know she's a mistake, and she doesn't appreciate that. But that's the type of brutal honesty I grew up with. I do this show, and it's brutally honest. And sometimes I'm going to say stuff that you're not going to like, and I'm totally good with that. And I hope you are too. And I hope you tell friends about the show, because I will be brutally honest with them. If you don't have a million dollars saved by the time you retire, you're probably going to have less standards of living than you currently have in the Bay Area. Now, if you're from, you know, one-tooth Arkansas, you don't need a million dollars. You probably need 400000 If you want to be the greatest grandparent ever, you probably need more like $2 million. But if you want to be a shut-in... You need a million. I know you're saying a million to be a shut-in. A million dollars in retirement is going to pay you somewhere between forty and sixty thousand dollars a year in income. After you pay your taxes and everything, that's the poverty line in America. So that's not where I want you to be. I want you to be above that. And again, if you live in Georgia, I've got a friend who's I got a listener who's a cop in Georgia, so. I know that if I ever get pulled over in Georgia, I'm going to get out of jail free once, right? Hopefully. All this goodwill that I'm doing. So anyway, that's a sweet memory of my dad and uh, his beard. It's come full circle. Hair's now back. There was a period of time where no hair was 
no hair on your body at all was popular, male or female. And now it's okay to be a hipster with a beard. Because those hipster musicians make it good <laughs> for all of us. Priceline stock. Um, they've done a 6 for one reverse mo- split. You know what's interesting about Priceline is you see stocks that get really high priced. Apple, $700. Google, $800. MasterCard, $600. And you get worried about it. You shouldn't worry about the price of a stock. You should worry about the company. Please, 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 please be more stock specific, company specific than stock price specific. I can't say that enough. Okay, I've said it enough. I'm done. NBC's buying a web service to stream phone video. Now, what's interesting about this story is it just shows you again that jobs are disappearing pretty rapidly. And that is of importance for one reason and one reason only. Ultimately, what we have is a news media that's being redefined as we see it. Twitter is becoming really important. Twitter was there the day that um, a terrorist was caught. Twitter was there long before anyone else. Twitter helped mobilize the Egyptian revolution. Twitter helped mobilize. And that these are big news, right? Wall, um, Occupy Wall Street. So Twitter and Facebook, there's companies now starting up about getting those feeds and aggregating them to news. And that's actually an investable idea. Matt Damon's sci-fi movie pulled in more money than were the Millers. Oh, looks like we got a phone call. Let's go to our call. Tim from San Francisco. Hello? Tim? Hi, Rob. Hi. Thanks for the show. I appreciate your insight very much. Oh, you I'm shouldn't. a relatively new investor and have a question regarding selling, which is the toughest part, obviously. No, it's not. Do you have a stock or two that has run up pretty good? Do yep. you like to take some profits off? Do you watch it carefully? Uh, do you double down on it? Any uh, opinion? What was your opinion on buying the stock? When you bought X, what did you want it to do? Well, I wanted to invest, but I took a certain portion, say 20%, to speculate. Okay. I have a little fun with the market, so to speak. And that's what I, I'm referring to. I don't have fun with the market. But you and I are now different on that basis. I like to invest in companies that I think are going to be around the day I die. I like investing in companies with revenue, with earnings, with margins, with leadership. I have reasons why I invest in companies. Um, like Apple. It's tougher and tougher to make a case for Apple today because the leadership of Steve Jobs bullying others is gone. The product innovation has hit a stall, even though they're going to come up with new product on September 10th. The margins are deteriorating. Some of their businesses that were once hot, i.e. music downloads on iTunes, are now turning into streaming on Pandora. So I write down reasons why I like a company, and I'll be honest with you, when I don't like a company. Um, You did that when you bought a company. You came up with five to ten reasons why you liked it. If they're still true, then you're, you're buying a great company. If they're not true, then you should sell and get out because why would you want to? Like, I want a data woman with 32 teeth. 
Once it gets down to 31, I'm going to reevaluate. 30, definitely going to reevaluate. 26, I'm out. Um, I want to marry a woman or date a woman who doesn't have a criminal background. And when she picks one up, I'm out. Um, same thing with stocks. What did you like about the stock? And if it's no longer true, get out. And if it was speculative and you wanted to double your money and you doubled your money, get out. If you wanted it to go up 20% in a hot market, get out. If you wanted it to protect you, you know, on the downside, like a Verizon in a bad economy, uh, you're going to get your dividend. And now with the bad economy is there and it protected you. And now you see a cycle in technology or financials or you see a cycle in retail tied towards job growth or home ownership. Uh, maybe you're angling that direction or auto upgrade cycle. Um, you have to be honest with yourself on why you bought it, and you have to keep that same reasons on why you would sell it. Um, if you saw a 20% upside at 20% upside, there's no, no, ring the cash register. There's no shame in, in doing what it did. And what if it goes up another 100%? Who cares? That's like me going back and looking at my high school girlfriends and saying, well, she was kind of frumpy and I dumped her for a hot chick, and now she turns out to be Miss USA. Maybe I could rekindle it. Nope, can't do it. Because as Miss USA, she's, she's already a known quantity for other people. Um, I had a chance to invest. I blew it. Are you with me, or does that, any of that ring true to you, or am I just talking jive turkey? Yeah, but be, being a novice, I'm still a little you know, nervous when I get uh, a big run-up that you know, I don't want to watch all that profit go to waste. So you know, I'm, I'm hoping fine to pull a little bit off just to cover myself and then let the rest ride. But I don't know if that's good advice. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times, and then watch the stock continue to march up. And okay. Of- yeah, so you're looking for a crystal ball, and you're looking for a radio host to tell you, like, this is the exact green light time. This is the red light time. And it's going to end badly for you because you don't have a strategy and you don't have a discipline, and you need to have that before. And, and stop hiding behind stupid terms like being a novice. You know, this is hard-earned money for you. Treat it with respect. If, you, if it did what you wanted it to do, pull it off. Get a little bit older, get a little bit more mature, and as you learn your systems, maybe you'll look back and say, I was a great momentum investor. I should do more of that. Um, okay. I'm not a momentum investor. I don't want to be a momentum investor. It's, that is a loser's game, in my opinion, of which people in financial media will sell to you as, we're smarter than you. Thanks for the call. Um, Got to hit commercial every time at 45. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls in there. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I wasn't mad at him. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area up. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. What's wrong with people? I want to turn into the Andy Rooney of my generation. I promise not to turn into the Andy Rooney of my generation. But a banana was thrown at a Baltimore Oriole player yesterday. 
because he happens to be black, and that's the social commentary coming out of the fans in center field. Just, what's wrong with people? And then it explodes on Twitter, and the, the, the guy gets harassed, just ridiculously so. What's wrong with people? With that said, when you see people act like that, just let them know they are the stupidest people on the planet. Just let them, you know, don't pick a fight, don't punch them, don't get punched in the face. I'm not calling on violence. Just if that's your friend, defriend that person. Unfriend, whatever the right term is. Just, what's wrong with people? AT&T Park is probably one of the most brilliant ways to spend a day in the sun. When it's sunny, it's it's heaven. It's heaven. Why do we have to always pull out the LCDs, the lowest common denominators in our society? Why are they there? Yeah, we lost big, and yeah, he's hitting home runs. And I don't get it. So, here's one reason I don't like townhouses and condos. Oftentimes, I say they're white trash investments. No, they're not white trash investments next to AT&T Park. No, they're not white trash investments on Hawaii. No, they're not white trash investments in Santa Barbara. Where areas where people want to go to, townhouses and condos have a, a role. But in Stockton, they don't. And there was an email today posted. Um, I believe it was tied towards a syndicated columnist. And basically it says, Our homeowners association has seven units with an open guest, unassigned parking spot for use by association guests. The unassigned spaces are outside the front door of each of seven individual units adjacent to them. Our bylaws state these unassigned parking spaces are to be utilized on a first-come, first-served basis. Some owners believe that the unassigned parking space in front of their unit is theirs alone. People are threatening each other, claiming the spot is theirs because it's in front of their unit. People are physically getting into each other's face. Legally, each of the separate parking spaces outside those units are considered easements. So unless the seven individual unit owners can provide a recorded title for the parking space, they can't claim it. And again, they're not going to, but who wants that? If you are in your 30s, you don't really want to be... Oh, yeah, you got to go move your space. you got to go move your car because they'll tell you in the morning. You want to grow up. You want a single-family house with a garage that you can put your junk in. You want a single-family house with a, your own parking space that you feel like, hey, it's mine. Most of us in our 30s and 40s and 50s want that. And that's you know the, the heart of why you buy real estate. So that's why I don't like condos and townhouses. I don't want to hear my neighbors fighting. I don't want to hear my neighbors making babies. I I don't want anything to do with that. You know, in college it was okay, but I'm not in college anymore. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Coke drinkers, read the New York Times. Pepsi drinkers, read the USA Today. 
Coke drinkers are more likely to own a passport. It's more likely that Pepsi drinkers haven't had a vacation in six months. Coke drinkers are more likely to show up early for an appointment. Pepsi drinkers, on time or late. Did you know that? I know you're saying, where did you pull that from? Oh, my God. Facts. Coca-Cola sold only nine bottles per day in the first year. Nine bottles a day. Today it sells $1.7 billion in a day. Is that why you want to invest in Coke? Maybe. Never give up. Nine bottles can lead to $1.7 billion. Apple makes $436 million every day. That's $18 million an hour. That's $5,000 a second. Holy snikes, right? Uh, Virgin Atlantic's going to hire stand-up comics for flights across the Atlantic. And you could promise that the first joke out of the online comic won't be, I just flew in from Aberdeen, boy are my arms tired. They probably won't say, what's the deal with airline food? What is the deal with airline food? Jerry Seinfeld. Um, I, I like the idea. You know, you just hope the comic doesn't bomb, literally. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. 800-516-1220. Asian markets ended mixed. China and Hong Kong rallied amid speculation about interest rate cuts. Japan's Nikkei declined. Precious metals are advancing. S&P 500 is playing with that 1700 level. Will we get it? I don't know. You know, I'm not a prognosticator, reader of tea leaves. SP 500 is down two today, so it's 1688. Will we hold it? I think that's the question that people want. When we get there, will we hold it? We're setting up for a dramatic month of September with a lot of government inaction leading towards headlines. Something to be of note. Again, am I predicting? I'm not. Dow down 12, NASDAQ up 8, 10-year treasury sits 2.57%. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in 22 hours. Got an event coming up in Los Gatos Thursday at the Toll House. It's a hotel made of cookies. You can find out more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Savvy investors know where to find the best possible investment advice. And according to the financial experts at U.S. News & World Report, one of the best podcasts is Locally Grown. AM 1220 KDOW is home for Rob Black and your money. Weekday mornings at 7. Now you can take Rob Black with you in your car, on your computer, or on your smartphone with the Rob Black Daily Podcast. Ranked one of the top 10 financial podcasts by U.S. News & World Report. Find it on iTunes or at robblack.com. Hi, this is Rob Black from Rob Black and Your Money. Over the years on my radio show, I've heard from people like you who've been burned by buying expensive and wrong... 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.